G'day MotoPG fans, Rod the Producer here with a quick note before today's episode gets underway. Question, what happens when you take three technologically challenged podcasters, 80 deluded fans, one expensive digital recorder, and set the whole thing up in a pub in the bush with the beer flowing freely? I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Well, funny you should ask, because in the end, as unlikely as this seems, it was the technology in that disaster-ridden scenario that actually failed. Luckily, also unlikely as it seems, Tug was across the problem in no time, and we only lost about seven minutes of the Mark Willis interview from the boys' epic trip to Singleton a couple of weeks ago. Now, for those of you that were there, it sounds like you had a terrific time, and to those who weren't, let this be a lesson to you. Make sure you book early next time these three reprobates take the show on the road. Now, here's Mark Willis. Someone older than me, maybe Boris. Ah, yes. <laughs> might be able to tell me what year On Any Sunday 2 come out. The what? But on Any Sunday 2? On Any Sunday 2. 1827. No. <laughs> anyway. So uh, 2014, I uh, 2014 or 2015. That was way before that. It was like Sunday 1984 or 1985. What was the last one? Was that number three or something? Yeah, it was three. Okay. No idea. Was Robert Madison in it? Yeah. Okay. Mr. Decade or two. Anyway, so Kenny was on that. So I always had a lot of respect and and admiration for what he'd done. Uh, And the good bits about Kenny were uh, he would always be prepared to lump a fair bit of shit on you, but he would always also be prepared to tell you if you were doing something good, he'd always come in and go, yeah, man, you know, you through that section, it's no, no, good. Come back a bit. When he was lumping shit on you, what form did that take? Uh, I, I was always... Oh, uh, you were good. <laughs> yeah, well, I always got taught very young, if someone puts shit on you, put a fair bit back on them and see how they take it. <laughs> so I didn't give a fuck who he was. If, so, but and I think he he appreciated the fact that someone was prepared to put a little bit of shit back on him too. So, um, but yeah, no, he was definitely very opinionated and very vocal. Cool. So, looking back over your Grand Prix career, um, that was quick, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> I got many and glorious and worry. utterly glorious. So, did, did you ever kind of wish you'd maybe thrown a leg over a Yamaha or a Honda or a Suzuki, did. or he did you have? Done. Or you did just you have really a haven't done your research. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I didn't ride, like I was a slut. I'm about factory teams. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Suzuki factory tick, Red Bull Yamaha tick. Um, <laughs> 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 it's not on your sheet, obviously, Boris. No, you can stop you looking at that. What is on my fucking sheet, right, <laughs> is that you won the Spa 24-hour yep. and the Baldor 24-hour. Yep. <laughs> hardest, hardest day's work I've ever done. How many, how many people were in the 24 hour? How many people in your team? Uh, in, as riders or yes, as team? Three, three riders. Three riders yep. over 24 hours, non fucking stop. Yep. Fuck off. So. <laughs> I'd be sleeping eight hours. Yeah. And these, these teams have got a reputation for making the Aussies ride more than anybody else, haven't they? Uh, yeah, probably, and I don't know why. I mean, the that the the year that we won. So I really, I was blessed in a sense because a it was good money, like it was a good payday. And that year, two thousand, I needed a few of those paydays because they were few and far between. Um, but that team, Yamaha France was was a really good team in the World Endurance Championship. They were, they were a great team. A great great bunch of guys. Um, Jean-Marc Delatung, 
and Fabian Ferre were teammates at both those rounds. So I show up the first one at Spa and talk about like now that is a place that if if you ever get to go there, go there because it's insane. I've never seen it when it's not raining, but that's a <laughs> 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 so I remember. I was thinking, yeah, this 24-hour race would be pretty cool, you know. So we we are in the pits and they say, all right, I think it's Thursday night, you have your first practice. And I go into the pits and I look out and it's misty rain. It's like, oh, yeah, cool, you know, and you've got the spire, you've got the downhill sort of start and then up through the left and the right. And I'm looking at it thinking, you know, there's lights and there's stagnant light and I'm thinking, this is sick, you know, this is going to be cool. I ride out of the pits, down, up, around, get up around the first corner. There's no more fucking pit lights, is there? I got, I got this little shaky thing on the front of the bike that looks like it's trying to spot a bird up in the left-hand <laughs> tree at 260 or 70 or let's call it 300 to make it sound yeah, better. Yeah, let's fuck it. Yeah. In the wet. Um, in the wet, uh, yeah. And, yeah, I didn't, I didn't ride on anything for four days other than full wets. It rained the whole time. What is it about the Australians that make them so, so good at the, the word at endurance racing? Because you got, you know, Magoo, he win the, the, the eight hour twice in the Suzuka. Uh, Joshi Hook is over there at the moment, another bloody world championship. Why is Australians do so well there like this one? Why? I think with endurance racing especially, it's, there's a lot about, it's not necessarily like for, for, in that, for us that year, uh, Fabian, who went on to win a 600 World Championship. Super sport. World super Nutcase. Sport. Great guy. Yes. Incredibly fast. Yes. How far does this podcast go? Can I be honest? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Maybe not incredibly smart. We'll send uh, it. <laughs> we'll send it to but him. But fast. So, um, and Jean-Marc and I were like probably Fabian. a little bit more uh, consistent. So, I think consistency is probably the, the, the key word with endurance race and it's you've got to be fast but you've got to be able to do lap after lap after lap after lap at a consistently fast time so that can all right so we, we understand the bold or yeah it was the highlight yep. of your career um who said that well it doesn't matter but um <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell you agree is that trevor again <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, how, how did that all happen? Tell us about the bowl door. Punch the fuck out of that bloke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, ring, him, ring him now. Get the get him on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My questions are heaps better. I know because Trevor's one's like the fucking shit. Oh fuck! So, we'll, go, Tra- we'll go to my let's, let's What's the worst? Fucking- no, no, no. He was, he was about to tell us the bold door. He's no door. fucking Tracy Grimshaw, are you? The fuck. You he's finish, Mark. Thank you. Don't worry. Can you, can you, can you tell that guy it's not always about him? He's thinner than Tracy Grimshaw. <laughs> um, so, Baldor, if Baldor, unfortunately for me, used to be held at Paul Ricard, which would be probably the best track in the world that you could hold a 24-hour race because it had a straight that was like 14 kilometres long, so you had lots of time to rest. <laughs> the year that I did it was at Magnicor where there was no such thing even as a straight. That's a crazy um, So it was incredibly hard work. And it was probably we were a little bit fortunate. I wouldn't say that you know we didn't deserve the win, but we we're probably lucky that Honda malfunctioned because you know they were a little bit in front at that time. Serves them right for riding a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that from an atmosphere perspective, I mean, there's eighty thousand crazy French fans that that show up. God knows why he'd want to show up and watch endurance racing for twenty four hours, but they do. But they start and you know the coolest thing, drunk. Motorhead go to play. one of these races, please go. To France or anything. Unbelievable. That's just a party. They watch at the start and they watch at the finish yep. 
And in between, it is just rooting girls and everything and crazy. Drink, drink, drink. Ah, French people shagging everywhere. Crazy. I know. I've been there. I've got to go back. You, yeah, don't race. Go watch. It's much more fun. Yeah, you've only been on the, the wrong side of the fence. <laughs> well, that, that year, Motorhead played on the other side of the fence and I didn't even get to see him. Oh, there you go. That's a bit sad. I know they're not my favourite band, Boris. Yeah, we know. We know who your favourite <laughs> band is. Oh, yeah, we so know. But That's tell us, tell us what, what is absolutely the worst thing to ever happen to you during a race. Okay. Uh, it should have <laughs> taken longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> did you shit yourself? <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, well, because Robbie Phillips, there was, some, Robbie Phillips. <laughs> there was some severe pulsating of sphincter. Let's put it that way. But for the guy that was behind me, he definitely shit himself. So it was at uh, it was on the Medinas, which was the the Kenny Roberts bike, yeah. and we were at Imola. So that was the last year that we raced the GPs raced at Imola. Yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know Imola, uh, I've got to go back. You basically just before the finish line, you come down. Uh, uh, out of a chicane at the top of the hill and it's a fast, flat-out downhill right-hander underneath a bridge uh, into a couple of lefts and then back on the straight. So I think it must have been last lap and my crew chief at the time, who shall remain nameless for these purposes, um, so back in those days <laughs> with the two straights... No, 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 sorry. You, you've <laughs> no, listened, no, no. You've listened to our podcast. No, no, he's actually a good, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. So we won't, he, we won't he go there. was. Hey, I'll name, I'll, I'll name some wankers. Don't worry about that. But he's, he's yeah, not. Call so him out. He, he was a Kiwi, but he was one of the half-decent ones, if, if there's not many. <laughs> but <laughs> you can always tell a Kiwi, you just can't tell them much. Um, so anyway... <laughs> Obviously, a few people know Kiwis in this room. <laughs> so, anyway, so back in those days, they used to measure the fuel because obviously the tanks were not like currently where they got guzzle enough fuel that they've got to jam the things as full as they can. Back in those days, we used to, they used to basically weigh the tanks after every practice session so they work out how many litres per lap it uses so that when, when you go out for the race, you've got enough to basically get you the race distance plus a lap. Well, my crew chief that year fucked up the calculation so i was and it was sebastian jimbay that was behind me and he was on a nsr 500 twin and all i remember is i was going under the bridge and i was pinned like it's pinned in fifth i think and then it stopped now (laughs) he he was obviously lining up a move to pass me into the left-hander at the bottom of the hill well he actually couldn't do that because his rear wheel ended up wedged between my swing arm and my exhaust pipe. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and all I felt was, huh? and I, I knew that I had a passenger because I, I had no control over the bike. And then I felt it go, wobble, 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 wobble. And I thought, fuck, that poor cunt's dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I managed to go, all the way to the finish line. <laughs> And we finished the race, and none of us died. And, I, <laughs> and the and the exhaust pipes so on the Medinas it had two that used it was a three cylinder five hundred so it had two underneath the uh, seat and then one out to the right next to the swing arm. Well, it was actually bent at a ninety degree angle out to the side. And I remember I come across the finish line and I was like, I had to park it because it didn't was never going to do another full lap. And I remember looking behind thinking. Oh no, man! That that guy died. Like he's dead. What am I going to do? 
And then I, I, he rode past and he's shaking his head. And I went down to his pit shed afterwards not to see the remnants of him shitting himself. But And and he's pretty pasty white anyway because he was French. But he, he was seriously like white as a ghost. And he, and he didn't speak any English, but he... <laughs> That's one of them. How much time have you got? No. We got <laughs> as much time as you want. You go. Well, there'll be no, there'll be no second reason. scariest thing that ever happened to you. No, no, okay. So, who's Japanese it? hospital? No. I think Foxy Fox <laughs> Sports shit There's no more rain. They don't know what to do now over there. Fox, Those looks people like don't know what to do. I don't Fox Sports given up. They're, they just they're not even. They're boxing. Excellent. Right. <laughs> Who's the craziest bike you've ever shared a racetrack with, apart from myself? Because I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember just after they'd built that new section of Eastern Creek, I was there at some bullshit launch because they're all cutting costs. We were going to ride days, you know, we we have to mix in with the ride day punters, and Mark was there, and they put that new section in, and I like I'm shit anyway, right? But I was so shit that day. I've come in the, the into the pits, and he's there. I said, Mark. How the fuck do you do that new bit of Eastern Creek? He looked at me and said, I don't know. None of us can do it either. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awful piece of race. That is fucking horrible. Yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens when you let idiots design racetracks. So who's the craziest bloke you've ever shared a racetrack with? Oh, it's a fairly long list. Um, Sort yourself out. Probably not from personal experience, but they always said. Regis Lacone you never got in a hire car with. Regis <laughs> And for good reason, apparently. So, um, or, so a little story. We've got time for a little story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So, We've got plenty of time. I don't know whether you remember back in – did we race at Welcome in 99 or was it only 2000? No, we must no, have raced at 99. 99 you are in Welcome. Yeah. So, first year we went to Welcome. For anyone that doesn't know Welcome, if you know where Johannesburg is, it's nowhere near that. It's like <laughs> – it's like – Bum fuck. Like it's like Tanzania. <laughs> like fucking halfway over to there. Tanzania. That's right. Anyway, so we show up at Velkom, which is literally in the middle of nowhere. It's a town about as big as the town that I grew up in, but with a better hospital, as I found out the following two years later. Um anyway, so we, we, we get there and none of the GP riders have been there, so I think it might have been Mercedes that were sponsoring uh the, the pace car and whatever that year. So they, the, the organisers thought, well, it'd be a great idea if we just the, – the circuit was full of sand and stuff, so it'd be a great idea if we let all the riders jump in all the uh, courtesy cars and do some laps to familiarise themselves <laughs> great the track. Idea. Yeah, great. Great idea. Best idea. Which was great because they had the courtesy car drivers driving us around for the first half a lap. <laughs> then the riders decided that they – no, mate, you need to jump in the passenger seat. Yes. So then it was a free-for-all <laughs> with about 14 courtesy cars, probably supplied by old mate that lived down the road somewhere in his Merc. So I happened to be in the courtesy car with this nice driver with Regis Laconi. As soon as Regis goes, hey, hey, I drive, I drive, I'm the fuck out of there. <laughs> Did the courtesy car driver stay in the car? Yeah, he stayed. Oh, in, the poor man. He stayed in the car. So I then, I just, I, I got out, stopped the next courtesy car driver and said, Righto, mate, you got to get out. I'm in. So, <laughs> so I did four or five laps and it was, they obviously figured out pretty quick, like, oh, shit. <laughs> We've got a problem here. So 
they put the actual pace car out in front to slow everybody down. Yeah. And I was in the car with... Uh, Ooh, something to pass. Olivier Jacques. So, oh, yeah. And Olivier, can, he can drive a car pretty good. So he said, hey, hey, does it understand? Does it understand? And I'm like, so I'd go into a corner going, all right, this fucker obviously wants to go a bit faster, so we'll go a bit faster. So we do another two laps like that. And then he says, let me drive, let me drive. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got out of a car with Regis Laconi and got into a car with Olivier Jacques. <laughs> so... The, what they, the, 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 the pace cars go, okay, we'll go out in front so we can slow everyone down. Motorcycle racers aren't the sharpest <laughs> tools in the shed, but they figure out pretty quick, well, you just stop and let them go, yeah. give them half a lap, and then it's a free-for-all <laughs> for another half a lap. So that was a fairly interesting um, in- initiation of welcome. Okay. So you, you, you raced motorcycles at a time when there were some amazing characters and, and, you know, there was some legendary heinous shit going on everywhere, right? Um, Are you going to ask about the parties? Yeah, I'm going to ask about those parties. Did you ever go to those parties and what did you see specifically in the toilets? (laughs) (laughs) What? All the good shit happens in the toilets. They're, they're, all, they're all laughing like they're like, oh, no, these stories aren't real. Um, Who's been to a nightclub lately? He's not <laughs> going to answer things like this. One, one day when I'm on my you deathbed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the Troy Corsa stories when I'm on my deathbed. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, the parties must have been pretty good. Maybe, I don't know. You didn't go? No. Dead set. Dead set. So, and well, maybe great. different. Thanks, for, Mark. Maybe different, yeah. Sorry to let everybody <laughs> down. Can we talk about another story that I have got? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, no, uh, look, every, everyone's different. I, you know, from a crazy place, go and camp at Magello. Like, from a party perspective, go to the campground in Magello. <laughs> That's all you've got to do in your lifetime. You'll, you'll never sleep. Go to you don't sleep. You don't sleep if you've got a motorhome in the paddock. You, you don't sleep, but it's okay. That's, it's all in the name of good fun. So I did ride a scooter around at midnight into the campground at Magello and survived. Just <laughs> there was a few scooters that I saw lit up that didn't survive, but mine actually did make it. Uh, no, Boris, it was for for me personally. I was very much blinkers on, and there yeah. was no focus on what you were doing. Well, fair enough. So tell me, sorry, no, you're right. Um, do they do they give endurance races grid girls? Endurance Cause, races, yeah. Because hang on, hang on. No. When when you say. Do they give them to well, them? Well, you know. I yeah. Yeah. Here, <laughs> have a grid girl. Yeah. Well, Here that's, you go. There's one, one, one for you. Like the ones that you're allotted when you're sitting on. But they don't say that you did the Le Mans starts, don't you? It's like yeah, fucking Oprah. Started, There's no fucking grid girl. You know what they should no. do? They should do a sack race with the grid girl for the Le Mans start. <laughs> Egg and spoon race? Egg and spoon well, race. I, I tend to think I give them grid girls because they, they're concerned the grid girls can't control themselves. Because of the proximity of your planet-sized ball, <laughs> right? Is that, Trevor, is that Trevor again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is all me. A psychotic red-eyed fucking insomniac anywhere near them, right? Fucking. <laughs> What's the scariest track you've ever raced on? Uh, Eastern Creek. You know, fucking the new, new section. Bit. The new section. The first gear section. Um, scariest track I've ever raced on. Look, to be honest, we were fairly lucky being MotoGP, well, 500s MotoGP, um, that most of the tracks were relatively safe. Oh, bullshit, did they? <laughs> <laughs> you raced a fucking Nürburgring. <laughs> Didn't you race the Nürburgring? Check your facts. 
Nobody's raced a Nurburgring no. for a hundred years. What the no. fuck are you no, talking about? No, the fucking Nurburgring in the 90s they raced Yeah, there. no. That's no no, no Salzburgring, no Nurburgring. Yeah, before. Yeah. Um, Kailami in South Africa yeah. had a couple of sections on it that were pretty hairy. Um, I crashed at Jerez, which is probably still on the MotoGP calendar. If it was anywhere else in the world, it wouldn't be on the MotoGP calendar because it's Spain, it gets a free pass. <laughs> Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of places there that you don't want to crash, and yeah. I have crashed yeah. in that one of those spots. Last right-hander before the hairpin. Right. Turn three at Eastern Creek. Every turn at Eastern Creek. No, I, I don't, it, he still denies he ever did it, and I was there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our sources have told us that, that you're, you're, a, you're a serious mega fan of Pearl Jam, yeah? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Is it true you haven't had any Vetter Love doll at home? <laughs> uh, no comment. No. Do you know what the term Pearl Jam actually means? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, you fuckers uh, know what it means. <laughs> no. It means spoof. Hang on. <laughs> it means spoof. How do you – you know how I know this? Uh, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> what, what, is, what does strawberry jam look like? What does raspberry jam look like? Stop it. What, <laughs> what are you talking what, about? No, 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 what, no, no, no. What would Pearl Jam look like? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, were, they, they, they were born out of a band called Mother Love Bone, weren't they? <laughs> they were, yes. Yeah. You know what happened to the singer there, don't you? I, just, no? I just listened to Toto Cotunio. <laughs> who? You don't what? know Toto Cotunio? No, but I'm Rocco, going to. You know who Toto Cotunio Of course he does. <laughs> You're so what, uncultured fucking people here. So, Look him up, Toto Cotunio. Okay. Okay. No, I'm not. So what, what happened to the singer from Mother Love Bone? He died. Oh, okay. Pretty typical of a rock yeah, star. I was going to say, that's like, that's if in doubt, just OD. Well, but you've, been to every, you've been to every concert they had. <laughs> in in Australia, maybe. maybe. In Australia, yeah. Not <laughs> no, everyone. not everyone, but I've done a few. Yeah. But you've done all of them, yeah. yeah. About 28. Cool. How do you know? Is, is this research from the same guy that gave us the yeah, other, other shit research? Other shit, he fucking yeah. told us that fucking fat I'm going to fuck, fucking, I'm kill gonna him. fucking kill him, right? So, Michael, what do you, what do you do now? What do you do now besides coming to podcasts and telling people what do you do? Aren't you going mountain bike racing tomorrow? Uh, well, it's been called off. Oh, right. For the, the rain that has obviously come across from. Oh, they're, so they're pretty fucking Nazi hardcore, Dory. these mountain bike races. Yeah, hardcore, yeah. 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 Oh, it's, it's raining. We'll stay so, no, we're, we're all good. Um,. <laughs> I actually don't ride bikes that much, really. I ride my mountain bike a lot. Yeah. Um, I work for MotorX in New South Wales, so I just we distribute uh, a lot of hard parts to motorcycle shops. So I'm in the industry. Um, have been uh, the 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 guy that owns A1 Accessories, uh, Jason Rogers. I've been friends with him since we had uh, we had the Honda dealership in Narrabri like years and years and years ago. Uh, when I finished racing, I used to live at his place in Brisbane when I was flying in and out of Europe. When I finished racing and I didn't know if I'd finished racing, he said, do you want to come work for me? I said, no. I said, but I'll come work for you till I figure out what I want to do in life. And that was 17 years ago and I still haven't figured out what I want to do in life. <laughs> Sounds like I want to be just like Boris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I just got a note from the circuit of Nasi Goring. Yeah. And they say, uh, help. They say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking drowning, they say. <laughs> I love these daughter people. It's true, I'm not joking. Um, no, they said they're going to give us an update 
at the 1600 hours. Which time? Their time? Our time? Their no, time. Their time. So that's a 7 o'clock. That's right. So oh, okay. We know it's 7 o'clock, but I think it's fine. <laughs> so we got, we're going to see if these guys yeah, have got Josh, any questions. Yeah, yeah, you guys want to ask Mark Willis any questions? This is your chance. Has anyone got any questions? I'll bring the microphone over so you can talk. Was that a yes? Hang on. Give me a, hang on. Give me a second. Hey, if you want to be on the mate, fucking podcast, you, you you're, gonna gonna be on, be, you're on record here, mate. Just you gotta be, you got to have the microphone or you, no one's going to fucking hear your Look fantastic question. Look at him. walking around. Look at him. Hey, Mark, um, who was the hardest racer that you come up against? I actually, I got asked this question for an AMCN uh, thing. They were obviously struggling to find something to fill their pages with a while back. <laughs> so they dug out, where, where are they now? Um, if we you, fucking find you. <laughs> they found me. Um, so if, if we're talking throughout my whole career, I have to go back a, a fair while. So I'll break it into two. Um, I raced with a guy from not far from here called Simon Goodchild. Uh, it was a dirt tracker when I was growing up. Motherfucker had run over his mother to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that stayed with me for a long time. Are you, li- are you listening, and, uh, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> um, he listens to the show. He's, 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 a, he's a really good dude and, and uh, probably someone that I had a lot of respect for that uh, was interesting when we were dirt tracking as juniors. He definitely probably had uh, the upper hand on me more than I had the upper hand on him. Uh, but then when we went road racing, the sort of tide shift a little bit. Um, I don't really know why, uh, but I believe that he was as good as Casey. Like he 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 had he had all the ingredients to be you know uh, uh, a very very successful road racer. So, um, and I don't know whether it's at that age, like when you're a teenager, like that that you that you remember a lot more things like that. It's really hard to put a... I mean, the easiest answer, I've raced with Valentino Rossi. So the easy answer is, oh, I've raced with Valentino. He's probably the hardest. But I never really got to race with him on a, on a one-on-one level where we're on equal equipment. So a lot of those uh, GP guys, it's really hard for me to say. I have a lot of respect for him and, I, and I, can, I, can, I can tell you who I think the best was in that era and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I never really got to give them a, a, a good race because I was probably not ever quite on the same equipment. Um, uh, in Australia, road racing, Bayless, Craggle, you know, those boys um, were incredibly hard um, as their results proved and went on to prove. So, yeah. yeah. Who else we got? Anyone else? G'day. G'day. Um, just wondering how important is flat track, dirt track, for training up our road racers? Look, I still think it's 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 a really solid foundation. Um, unfortunately, well, that's me fucked. <laughs> hey, but, hey, Boris, I've seen you on an adventure bike, mate. You, you go okay, just as long as there's no puddles. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's another story. I was going to hold that one back for it. No, if you no, put too much shit on me. Um, the 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 probably the thing that's changed a little bit with MotoGP now is. The transition used to always be dirt track, superbikes, 500s because they didn't have any electronics. So the, the art of being able to. You left one have, out. Hospital comes after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eject. Eject. Yeah. <laughs> um, now it's sort of changed because there's so many electronics. The, 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 the dirt track is probably not near as important because. 
they they stick them on Moto three, then Moto two, and so so it's it's not as important to get to that top level now. But I still think like you know Rossi still does it as trainer, Marquez still does it. So there's there's obviously uh, a direct correlation with the the art of being able to ride a bike with limited grip and how that transfers over to the tar. But it's probably not as relevant as it was. 20, 30 years ago. What is it about, what's in the fucking water around here? Because you come from around here, Casey Stone to come from around here, Bayless come from around here. Who else? Chad Reed. Chad Reed. I moved, I moved here, it's fucking done. Oh, fuck, fuck no. That's not good. <laughs> but we have so many bloody champions from this area in the north coast of New South Wales. What um, the fuck? Why not I born here? Drink of drink the water. It's definitely in the water. It's unbelievable. Uh, and I think it's like anywhere. If you, it's like if you if you look at the correlation Spain with MotoGP. Yeah. If you get if you get seriously fast races racing together week in week out, they get seriously faster. So if you go back to those days, you know, I was from Narrabri, so we we're sort of three and a half four hours drive every weekend. From a dirt track perspective, you had West Maitland would have a club round one weekend. You'd have Curry they have a club weekend the next weekend. Then you had Roman Teresov on the next weekend. So these fuckers used to get to race with each other week in, week out, and that wasn't that was club racing. That wasn't like then you got nationals. So they just got they, they just got that sort of week in, week out. I, I remember I come here uh, and I go to the old bar. The old bar it's a it's a what did they call flat track? Yeah, tar right. track. Tar. It's mad. It's got fucking oil, tar on oil, oil, oil track. Yeah. And I walk under this track, and then this little midget come up to me. He's like this big. He's and he's and he's little redhead, and he says hello. I'm a Joel Carlson. And then I watch him go, and he rides around with the the the, the men, not uh, the boys. He fucking there. That's amazing. And he's from around here too. Yeah. Now he's in Moto Three. Fuck, amazing. So got, got another question up the back. Yeah, mate. Um, best bike you rode? Huh? C- best bike. CR5. No. Um, <laughs> um, look, I, I really enjoyed riding the Medinas, the three-cylinder Medinas, just purely because it was a lot of fun. Uh, because I have a dirt track background, and back in those days there was no such thing as pussy traction control like they all ride off these days. Um <laughs> So the the three cylinder I, I got to ride the Red Bull Yamaha. I got to ride a I wrote two of those off in two days. That, that's another we'll get to that story. Um but the, the four cylinder five hundreds I actually found easier to ride than the three cylinder because the three cylinder produces its power lower in the RPM. So the thing would want to go sideways as soon as you turn the throttle, it'd want to go sideways, which suited me because I I love that. So so it was it was light, it was nimble, um it was it accelerated really really good and it laid really good blackies, which is what it was all about. Did you ride with Gary McCoy? Yeah. What did, you got a good story about Gary McCoy? I've got a great story we've about Gary go McCoy. See him. I think I think everybody's got a story about <laughs> Gary. We have to go um, see him up in the Queensland. I think. Do you want to, do you want to hear uh, my we're story? I'm coming for you, Mister McCoy. Do you want to hear my story about Gary McCoy? Yeah, go on. Who here has been to Panthers? <laughs> now I, I grew up in Penrith. And one night I was out in Panthers and I'm, I'm about to leave. So I'm walking out, it's two in the morning, and here's this young fella being dragged out by the bouncers. And they're about to take him out in the car park and kick the fuck out of him, right? And I'm looking over and it's Gary McCoy. Because Gary, Gary grew, out, grew up out around yeah. Penrith, right? Yeah. 
And I've gone over to the bouncer and said, listen, he's a mate of mine. I'm really sorry. Gary is smashed. He's off his tits, right? So we're really sorry. I'm sorry, my mate. He's, he's fucking gets a bit out of control and he's been drinking. I'll look after him. I'll take him with me. They'll go, all right, we'll make sure he doesn't fucking come back in. So, all right, no worries. So I've got, stuck, my, <laughs> stuck my arm under him. I said, come on, Gaz, I'll put you in a taxi. And he's looking at me going, who the fuck are you? Dude? Who the fuck are you? Right? <laughs> so I've taken him out, put him in a cab. And then I saw him about a week later and I've gone, here you going, Gaz? And he's gone. Was that you that fucking stuck me in a cab the other week? Like, yeah, it was me. He's gone, fuck, thank fuck. I said, they were going to fucking kill me, weren't they? I was like, yeah, they were going to fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> Who else has got a question for Mark? Yeah, Mark, you said the best bike you rode. What was the worst bike you were paid to ride? <laughs> <laughs> Now's your chance. Uh, Revenge. CR500. Uh, it's your beer, by the way. You have a big sip of that. They yeah. come back to you. Someone call the shrink now. Call the shrink. He's on speed dial. The shrink. The shrink. Yeah, the shrink. Oh. My shrink. Call him now. My my psychologist, mate. Call my psychologist. Hey, now. Trev. Thank you. Get him on the phone. I got him on speed dial. <laughs> um, I have ridden some shit boxes in my time. At the top of the pile, and look, I there's no disrespect for this because the, the the guys that built this thing did an amazing job. Um, and chassis wise, it was great. The, the BSL three cylinder Kiwi built bike. Um, it, from a, I'm trying to be fucking politically correct here. Just <laughs> stop yeah, laughing. Look, you're new here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is anyone here offended? Uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> if, if they're offended, they're not here. No, nah, it was, it was hard work to ride. Probably more so than anything because it just tried to kill me nearly. Every time I rode it, and literally, it did try to kill me quite a few times. So it was, it, it handled great. But I used to be able to know when I'd ride out of the pits. Um, quick test on any good bike, because if you ride, well, not these days, because everything's got enough power to do it. But you ride out of the pits, and and you just go second, third, fourth, and the things on the pipe and can wheelie and hold a wheelie. Happy days. If the BSL did that, put your finger on the clutch, <laughs> because its <laughs> its time frame is very limited. Yeah. So. So I rode around with that thing on the and uh, there was one time at Paul Ricard. Um, so I got pretty good at at, at at feeling when it was about to seize and pulling the clutch in. And then this one time we tested at Paul Ricard and Paul Ricard's this place where it's got the fourteen kilometre straight. And I was probably third onto the back straight, so I was third, fourth, and I was behind the screen and I was pinned, and it gave me no notice that it was about to seize. And the thing has just locked solid. So it's just it's and I've just gone and I've thought fuck clutch and I've grabbed the clutch, the fucking clutch didn't do anything. The thing just it sort of come back to the center and then went and went the other way and I thought I'm dead, and then it did it about five more times until I sort of waddled off, and I I was a bit bamboozled because to me pull the clutch in it'll be okay until it shits a primary drive gear. <laughs> Then the clutch does nothing. I just imagine you flying through the air with the clutch in your hand going, come on, bastard. <laughs> what else we got? Anyone else got a question? G'day, Mark. I'm a, I'm a Kiwi and I'm just... Uh, oh, shit. Sorry, mate. I'm just... <laughs> I've got, got a couple... Someone get this guy we'll, out of we'll, here. We'll, we'll talk later, but um, what I'm wondering is maybe they were trying to kill you because you didn't like Kiwis in the first place? Uh, no, actually, I had no, I had no pre- preconceived idea on Kiwis before that. And don't get me wrong, there was, there was some good ones there. There was just... 
there was a couple of snakes that ended my life that, you know, we used to, you know, chop snakes' heads off for a reason. Unfortunately, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Arnie, did I, did I see you with your hand up? There's another okay, guy over the back right too when you're ready. This, this is Arnie. G'day, Arnie. Hello, Arnie. I'm going to apologise in advance for whatever the fuck it is he's about to say. <laughs> Just hey, before, before, you, before he speaks, you've got to understand, I know Arnie. Arnie's Hungarian, okay? So you can't help it. No, I, I've been to Hungary. I was almost killed in Hungary, right? Gypsies. They're all four bastards big, that big and bigger, right? Go on. Hey, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> hey, Mark, did you have any um, weird superstitions getting ready for a race? Uh, superstitious. I always like undies on the outside. Yeah, actually, the I I always put, I always got on the bike from the left. I still do. Whether it's a mountain bike, motorbike, I always climb aboard from the left. I fucking crashed a lot, so I don't even get worked. That's <laughs> 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 what I what I say. Before hindsight's a wonderful thing. I probably should have thought about that. And I think I always used to put my left sock on before my right. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So, given that you've crashed a lot, um, are, you, huh? are you carrying any major injury? I mean, you, you seem to be walking, all your arms and legs are there, your fingers are all there from what I can see. You, you're yeah, okay? I don't have fucking shoulders, do I? Well, I know most of the bikes in this room don't have shoulders. but yeah. Every time I see you, Boris, I nearly cry. <laughs> <laughs> you're only human, mate. <laughs> oh, Rishi. What the moment over here. Okay. Yeah, Rishi. Some, I got some shoulders. That's it. You got to chuck a glove with the shoulder. People, people think it's in the wrist, it's in the shoulder. Fucking CrossFit, motherfuckers! Just. <laughs> hey, pair of gloves, my friend. I'll throw the gloves over that mountain. Anyway, if you weren't there, you don't know. So, uh, some of us have had a chance to ride with international level riders on the road. You're welcome, mate. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, there, and then some of us there is have been there with butter. There is something a bit different. There, there is something. They're not just a little bit quicker than the rest of us. There's something. But I'd like to know what your opinion is. Like, I guess everyone on the panel, but especially the one that actually knows. Yes. Can you? Yes. Can you pinpoint a couple of things that are genuinely different about what us losers do when we're out there riding around thinking we're good? And like how you guys can actually make a motorcycle go really fucking fast. I think he wants to look at your balls. <laughs> Not here for a haircut, Why don't you just say that? Yeah. Just ask to look at his testicles. Just they're fucking, to the point. They're like this. Right? <laughs> uh, well, you know the funny thing? I, I reckon that you fuckers are the crazy ones. Because where I go, we all go the same direction. Where they don't put fucking trucks coming the other way and gutters at the sides of the fucking road like and fat dogs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to go anywhere with that. I could, but I won't. Fredo calls our wombats fat dogs, right? In case, in case you people fat dogs. are new to the party, right? Fat um, dogs. Uh, look, I'd, there's probably I don't think there's it's it's my practice makes perfect. I think anyone. I don't think there's. It, if you ride a motorbike fast, you can ride a motorbike fast. It's not really a – there's probably – there's a little bit of fear factor that maybe, you know, nutcases are prepared to push the boundary further. But I always reckon that – I actually got to do a training camp with a guy that was one of the first guys that ever used one of those wingsuits, and he was a base jumper. So we, And it was a fucking Kiwi. <laughs> I've Why are my stories always coming back to fucking Kiwi? Anyway. 
So they can't fly. <laughs> no. The Kiwis they can't fly. <laughs> like he had a wingsuit. That then. was never going to work out. That. <laughs> so we did a uh, with my trainer at the time. He we did a training camp in Queenstown. I can't even remember this guy's name. Anyway, he was a full-blown nutcase, right? Because he'd, he'd walk up a cliff face and jump off it. Like, that. that is next-level crazy. And I always said that we, what we do is a lot more calculated. Yes, it's to the outside, it probably seems crazy, but it's really not when you know what you're doing and you make those calculated risks. Yes, I have ridden with some people that don't take calculated risks and that are probably a little bit crazier, but the difference between a road rider and a, and a road racer is probably just the road racer was afforded the, the the option to practice a lot growing up and and you know and get I, better. I, I, I don't think, think w- there's I don't think there's I always said that we're not we're not no one's made up any different. We might process you know people might process speed differently. People might be able to react. Marquez, I've always said blows me away. Is I would love to know his reaction time uh, because <laughs> I believe that he is. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think what you said earlier on in terms of you know the, the fast guys racing each weekend with other fast guys actually applies on the road, and and I, I mean I've seen this over the many many years when those fucking dreadful Facebook pages where the L platers decide to go riding with other L platers, right? It's just a fucking rolling catastrophe of shit. Right? <laughs> go riding with people that are faster and better than you. That's right. You may not be able to keep up for long, but each time you'll keep up more and more and more. And when I was growing up, you know, we, we you know, fuck, there were no, there were no Lambs bikes when I started. You went and bought the biggest fucking motorcycle you could get. In my case, I was like 18 years old on GSX 1100, right? Well, fuck it, with L plates, who gives a shit, right? And you just rode with fast people all the time. So you either got faster or you fucking died. It's natural selection. Natural selection. Natural selection. Yeah. yeah, you get rid of all the stupid ones. Um, just one other thing too, if you want to be faster on the road, spend more time on the track. That's I right. mean, that is, I a, mean. and and preferably if you want to go fast, do it on the track because it's it's not it's not necessarily your fuck up that'll kill you. It's the fucking idiot car driver that's coming the other way that can kill you. So I always think you know. Yeah. And there's a few of them around. There's a fucking look at all these fucking, a lot Look at all these safety Nazis clapping. Oh, take it to the track. Dress for the slide, not the ride. Shut up! Be safe Fuck off! Thing. Fuck off! Just go and be fuckwits. You'll be fine. Look at me. Nothing's ever happened. Oh, hang on. Question from Eleanor Dunstan. Well, no, well, you haven't told her we're going back up to Greygums at midnight tonight, have we're, you? We're yeah. going to have a, a wonderful question. Drunk and in the rain. People look a thirsty and they can get the drink and we have a break. Oh, but by the way, everyone, this lady here, if you listen to our podcast regular, is Eleanor Dunscom. Hello, she, Eleanor. She, <laughs> she, she is an absolute legend, right? Please, Eleanor. She coming from Melbourne. Come the from way. Melbourne, yep. Um, any regrets in your career? Any oh. any option You're opportunities you had right now? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it yes. doesn't get any lower than this one. It has yeah. come to this. <laughs> you fucking made it now. <laughs> this is this really is your career highlight <laughs> doing this podcast. Oh, hey, Mark. You're free next... Yeah, do it, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. that shit podcast we do? We're coming to Singleton. 
no, 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 I don't care. Yes, you're coming. It's like, Have no, you updated they, your Wikipedia page? Didn't even know what a fucking podcast was. <laughs> uh, I've, never, I've never heard of it. What are you yep. talking about? He's got the regret. <laughs> What's the regret? Uh, no, I don't. Well, yes, I guess there's always in any career, you know, whether it's sporting or whatever, there's always opportunities that, that come up and yet in hindsight you may have changed. Um in 2001, so in 2000, I didn't have a, a, a permanent ride in GPs. I was testing development for Red Bull Yamaha. This gives me the lead into that story I was going to tell you, Boris, about, you know, being that nice guy that is all sympathetic to someone when that crashes. So at the start of 2000, uh, Red Bull Yamaha was Gary McCoy and Regis Lacone. Uh, Erda test was always January. Um, so they had one test, I can't remember where it was. Laconi fell off and broke his leg. I reckon. Big party. I reckon that I waited at least 25 minutes from when he crashed to when I tried to ring Peter Clifford to say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Pete, who, who are you going to put on the bike at the next test? Oh, by the way, is Regis okay? Oh, it's going <laughs> to. Oh, f- fuck, he's got a broken leg. That's no good. <laughs> he's got another one. <laughs> so, which Peter obviously waited another 25 minutes to come back to me with a few, you know, we talked about what was required. Um, so, that led me to that role for that year was test and development rider. Um, I think I was testing the parts because the first two tests I did, I wrote one off each day that I was there. There was a third day test, but I don't know why. They told me I could have that day off. You were the Sam Lowe's of your era. Wow. <laughs> Who's Sam Lowe's? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who the fuck is Sam Lowe's? Okay, I'm getting off track. So uh, for the rest of that year, I was testing development for them, thinking, great. So if either Gary or Regis crashed through the year and was unable to race, I got the gig on the factory, yeah, well, the you know, sub-factory Yamaha. Yeah, Motherfuckers didn't crash for the rest of the year, did they? So, so anyway, so that was one part of that story. So at the end of that year, I'd done a few more tests with them. I'd ridden the Medinas again at a few races towards the end of the year. Got to the end of the year, I had then that Kiwi snake um, <laughs> had had risen up again and had put together a team called Pulse, which was the Swiss Auto. I don't know if anyone remembers. It was a Swiss Auto Muzz project that yes. had folded. David bought the rights to the Swiss Auto Muzz project. I had a really good relationship at that stage with him, um, and I had an option to do. I did a two-year con. I had a two-year deal on the on the table for him, or I could be testing and development rider again for Red Bull Yamaha if anything went wrong. So at that point in my career, I was like, "Fuck! I just really need to go racing." Like I just, you know, you're a racer, and and I'd already spent two years riding some pretty average bikes that probably weren't at that level. I was like, I just need to go racing. It, it, it was fast. The bike was fast. The muzz was really fast, but it was a handful when I figured, well, I can probably, I can probably deal with that. Um, so I chose that option. I, I didn't know at that time that Dave had no money and that uh, the bikes that we were going to be riding were the bikes that had been worn out and had no new parts in them and that I wasn't going to get paid. So I turned Peter Clifford down for the Red Bull deal and I chose the Pulse deal. I only did, I think, five or six races it then turned to shit, um, and the the funny thing was, uh, at Le Mans, Gary broke his scaphoid and was out for three races. So I probably would have got three races on the Red Bull there. What a pussy! And, 
Just and a scaphoid. Just a scaphoid. This is fucking harden up. Did, Gary. Did you go and go, oh, mate, that's no good. Fuck. Yeah. Peter. <laughs> and Peter Clifford no. was a nice guy. He would have given you a ride. Well, Peter's now running the Red Bull Rookie yep. Cup. Yeah, that's what he ran. Yeah. So if there was a hindsight thing that I sort of go regret, maybe not a regret because I still go well. You know, when I look back on it, for a long time, it didn't like I wasn't in a. Uh, uh, when you when you're a racer and you only ever have one vision that you want to be world champion and you put everything into that goal. And it doesn't happen. It takes a little bit of time to transition away from that. I'm still trying. <laughs> but I probably don't have regrets now. But I probably, at the time, if there was a, a key moment where I sort of went, I probably could have turned left there and I turned right. That was probably it. So, right. well, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Willis, big round of applause. Yay! Right. Mark. Mark, thank you so, so much. I mean, don't go away. You, you'll, you'll stay here for the rest of the evening. Yeah, do you want Mark to hang around for our other show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure is he'll he, have Is he it. more entertaining than us? He'll, he'll, he'll have heaps more insight. I have, I have oh, quite update. A, yes. Update yes. for Nassie Goring. Uh, yes, update from Madonna. Help. She said, no. <laughs> Send they the said, boats. Race one is rescheduled. <laughs> to when? For tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Big success. <laughs> Uh, All right. 11 o'clock, 21 laps. So you come go. back here tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll that's, uh, uh, okay, so before we finish the show, we're going to give away... 2 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to give away some prizes. No super yeah, power. What we're going to do is give away some... You fucking finished? What? I, I still are reading you. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. The super pole, the super pole race is cancelled. Okay. Tomorrow. The Komodo so Dragons. top rack wins. Top rack wins. Fuck him. All right. We, we're um, we're going to give away some prizes randomly now, and then we're going to take a 15-minute break so I can have a piss. Um, and everybody make, can have more beer. And everybody can have more beer, right? And then we're going to come back and do some horrifying shit. What are you going to give away now? What the well, fuck are these things? What's that one? What's this? It's a... It's a no, th- this is a waterproof bag. A get, a get, a get pack roller. A get pack roller, right, <laughs> from Deutschland. From Held. And thanks thanks again to like Made in Germany has been our sponsor from day one. Yeah. Um, they were our first sponsor. They were our first sponsor. Is Ray here? No, Ray's not here. Ray came to Grey Gums and then he had to go home. What's wrong? Because he's blind in one eye and he, he's uh-huh. gonna kill him on the road. He was scared it was gonna rain, so he took his scooter home. Yep. <laughs> so I'm gonna draw a random can you hold that? Okay. I feel like Delveen Delaney. Yeah. Isn't she dead? Did she you die? Don't look She's like dead, her. yeah, Delveen's dead. dead. Oh, yeah. I really feel like Delvin Delaney then. All oh, right, the criminal reading. Who's got the criminal reading? Oh, you didn't have to walk far. What else we got? We got a we thousand got prizes. We oh. got this. We got this, this is this is a golden prize. This is a golden prize. This is this is from my personal <laughs> catalogue. These are a filing. This is an edition of Rev's Motorcycle News Magazines from 1993. <laughs> and, and we were talking Don't fucking laugh I wrote half the shit in these things And we, we were talking about what are we going to give away And I looked in my cupboard and I've gone I haven't looked at those fucking things for 25 years I'll give those away But I'm sure someone will like them If you don't like them, just fucking give them to someone else I don't fucking care You ready? <laughs> you ready? Mark Willis <laughs> hey. 
You know the funniest part, Rishi? You got to you got to work out which fake name I wrote shit under. <laughs> Go give me another prize. What? Another Richard, prize? We did fucking everything. Another here. bag. What else have we got? Uh, we got lots of other shit. What's that? A bike cover. A bike a cover. A fashion bike cover. From hell. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? No, I'm fucking. Barry Sheen. There you go, brother. Yeah, that's mate. Should we do another one? One last one. Let's give my knee sliders away. Who's knee sliders? This oh, one. For fuck's Aut- sake. Autographed Tug McClutch and knee sliders. Who put their knee down, but? Hey. No, this is, I, I this stood him outside this and I've been on the ground like this. <laughs> No, these are from the New South Wales. These are from my last podium from the New South Wales Short Course Championships in 2019. <laughs> hey, it's only three fuck two years ago. Stop being a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary McCoy. Oh, of course it's Gary McCoy. Oh, there you go, hey! son. Look at you. And there's two of them, so you can share them with your best mate. There you go. <laughs> totally worthless, but good luck to you. <laughs> One what more. do we got? Oh, Fredo's got some shit. Fredo's got some legit. Fredo's got some real Moto GP shit. That's what do you want? What? You can throw one. What is it? Uh, this one. Yeah. It's a kidding. A kidding. This is from uh, the 25 years. Beautiful. Look at it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ooh. Beautiful. Can, I, can I have it? You cannot have that. Just for the peoples. For the peoples. Who's it got to? All right. And the winner is Kenny Roberts. Kenny? Hey, <laughs> bravo! Should we, that, let that scratch your bike. Beautiful. Should we give away some of our uh, some of our legitimate Moto Moto GP things? Well, I I want to give something to the Jack and Miller fan. I got something for the Jack and Miller oh, the, fan. Oh, the thing? Yeah, the, for the thing. All right. The thing. The thing. I the got Jack a, Miller thing. This Jack, is this is really special. Yes, it is. You Let can explain see. what that yeah, is. I get this one. This is uh, from Jack. It's the first year. It's his first year in racing and in, in, in the photographs. So it's all of him falling down <laughs> on, on the, the shit bike that he started on. But it's beautiful. Look at this one. Uh, you can't buy this, this one. Uh, I want to give away to a Jack Miller fan. So I ask a question maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah. ask a question. So before Jack Miller racing the... Hang on, how are we, how are we going to do this? You got to stick your hand in the air? Stick your hand in the air. First, first, first hand one. up. You're, you're telling me which one. But when, okay. uh, before Jack Miller came into Mother 3, what championship did he race in just before he came into Mother 3? Yeah. The bloke with the Miller shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking did that. Yeah, no. Wrong. But Take your shirt off. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, go on. No, he did, no. Not, he did racing, but not one racing that uh, thing he did. Okay, what? <laughs> in 24, uh, in, his, in his last year in Moto3, what position did he come? Oh, this man. Here you go. Beautiful. Oh, that, this that, that is a like, legit nice prize. It's beautiful. Legit nice prize. What was Are we going to do a, an, an official relic? Maybe, Let's do an official maybe relic. Maybe do one relic. We'll just do one relic. One relic, and now we do the rest now, later. Now, people, these, these are these prizes that we've got. These are official, unofficial, 
certified MotoGP relics that we've obtained. Certified from and our uncertified. Certified, uncertified relics. They come with a certificate of authentication. <laughs> of authenticities. And they, they are from the they are from the personal Oh, hang on. Oh, the personal that. collection of the criminal reading. He supplied us with it's all shit you that he stole. You have to assume the position, Tux. <laughs> assume the position. <laughs> Has anyone got some lube? You're not going in dry. Something's happening. Hang on. What, which one's this? <laughs> this is to certify that this is the actual piece of cloth which Cal Crutchlow used for his entire career as a human gravel plough in MotoGP from 2011 to 2020 to wipe his tightly clenched English cooler <laughs> and thereby remove the gravel which he had collected in his countless departures from the track. It is authentic high-thread count organic cotton grown on the Nile River Delta by Egyptian slaves owned by Cleopatra and sent to England in the early 14th century, subsequently acquired by the Crutchlow family and used as a Kulo wiping cloth by Cal when he went motorcycle racing for and on behalf of the Criminal Reading, certified probably genuine by Criminal Reading Enterprises International. If it's not bolted to the ground, it's going in the van. <laughs> uh, we've got another dozen of these. <laughs> Not rags, other shit. Better, better shit. <laughs> Not legitimate shit, but legitimate <laughs> Who gets this? <laughs> and right now everyone's going, oh fuck, I hope I don't get that one. Either. Chris Vandermeulen. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Chris Vandermeulen? There you go. Chris Vandermeulen. He's clo closely related to the Chris Vermeulen. Chris Vandermeulen. <laughs> He's the famous Dutch superbike rider. <laughs> Van Van from the Van Vandermeulen family. The Van Vandermeulen family. Hello, Chris. He's a good friend of mine. We know you're listening, Chris. Yes. <laughs> Chris listens all the time. Are we done? We have a break? We're done. We're going to have a little break. Okay, we're we'll going we'll to have a break. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mark. We'll come back here, Mr. Thank you, Mark. Well, yes. I'm very, uh, I'm very sorry that, that Boris is... Fucking <laughs> research. Fact checker. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go and hunt Trevor Hedge down like a bitch. <laughs> Beat him up. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.